Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, Deadlight. Deadlight was written by Alan Bly and features the talents of Jacob Clark returning as James Williams and Brittany Shesnock returning as Eliza Thompson. Welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. Tonight is the Season 2 finale. We begin at a bus stop in Arkham. We see two people standing by it. One is a taller, older and larger man smoking a cigarette. The other is a younger man of strong build and dark hair. And they're talking to each other. And uh, Actually, James, why don't you describe yourself real quick? So I'm about, you know, early 20s, 23, um, pretty built. Uh, I have like a brown coat over my like blue shirt, slacks, probably khaki slacks, uh, some nice brown shoes, the like real shiny kind, and then a bowler hat. Okay. So James, uh, standing next to you is your relatively new friend, uh, Clovis, whom you shared a, uh, interesting experience in Arnoldsburg, Michigan with. He drags from his cigarette uh, and checks his watch, and then he pats you on the back. He's like, all right, kid, I'm sorry, but I've got some business that I need to attend to before the night is over. Uh, the coach should be here shortly, and oh, and uh, he reaches into his pocket and uh, hands you a wad of cash and says, uh, take care, kid. This should be enough to get you to Ipswich and then the train back to Iron Mountain. I accept, I extend my hand, accept the cash and say, uh, all right, it was good to, uh, being with you. See you around. Yeah. Maybe next time I can come to you and we'll buy a drink. Oh, next time indeed. Don't tell the cops I said that. <laughs> and, uh, he laughs, tosses down the butt of a cigarette and then walks off. It is, uh, mid April at the moment. The sun is getting low in the sky and uh, dark clouds start to form on the horizon and rumble ominously in the distance. And uh, shortly after Clovis leaves, we see a woman make her way to the stop as well. Uh, Eliza, why don't you describe yourself real quick? I'm Eliza Thompson. I am a brunette, uh, average height, slim build, uh, wearing a black and silver flapper dress. Um, Okay. I imagine you're bringing some, at least a little bit of luggage with you, and in your hand is a telegram that reads, 290 Argilla Road, Ipswich, stop. Outdoor venue, stop. Rehearsal tonight, 9.30. Call time tomorrow, 6.30. Yours, J.R.Morton. All right. Um, or as you would know him as Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> Which, by the way, real singer. Uh, it's got some great stuff. 
Jelly Roll? Is that what you said? Yep, Jelly Roll Morton. Oh, I hmm. love that name. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's interesting. He's got he's got some good music. He's a band leader, not singer, is what I meant to say. But you also arrive at the stop and see uh, a young man sitting on the bench. Hi. Well, hello. Who are you? Uh, I'm Eliza Thompson. Who are you? Oh, I extend my hand in uh, the shaking kind and uh, say, James, but you can call me Jim. I return my hand back and shake it as well. It's nice to meet you. Uh, What are you doing here? I uh, met up with an old friend and uh, I'm on my way back home. That sounds like a good time. It was indeed. Many good times were had. (laughs) As you guys finish up the pleasantries, more uh, rumbles of thunder can be heard in the distance as the storm clouds get closer. And within the next 10 minutes, a uh, motor coach rolls up and comes to a stop in front of you. A couple people exit the coach. Once they're all gone, you up on, pay the driver, and um, you roll off towards Ipswich. You two are currently the only ones on the coach at the moment. All right. Okay. And the driver kind of looks back at you guys and asks where you're going. So I, I, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'm going to Iron Mountain. And I'm going to Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. And he, he looks out the window and is like, Ooh, I really hope we can outrun that storm. It's like it's going to be a big one. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. And then you drive off, leaving the lamp light of Arkham behind. Vroom, vroom. And uh, you drive for a good hour and a half or so. However, despite racing against the rain on your way northwards, the storm has finally caught up to you. And it has caught up with Ernest, and with it, night has fallen, abyssal black and riven by lightning. Conditions on the rain-swept road force the driver to slow down to a virtual crawl so that your headlamps can pierce the gloom and keep you on the path. The only thing certain now is that the weather behind you is worse than that which surrounds you, driving onwards. What should have been an eventless journey has become something dangerous and unpredictable. And speaking of unpredictable, without warning, something runs into the path of the coach. A pale figure rears up as if from nowhere. The driver swerves and brakes to avoid hitting it, and you have just enough time to realize that this figure is a woman, her eyes wide and her mouth open in a scream. And I'm going to make a quick drive roll for the driver. All right. Whoa. (laughs) This is getting interesting. (laughs) Okay, he succeeds. He does not hit her. Yay. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. We're off to a good start. The coach screeches to a halt as the woman still stands in the road, looking wide-eyed and terrified. The driver opens the door. You okay, lady? What's what's going on? And you guys can now see her more clearly. She is clearly not dressed for the outdoors and is uh, soaked to her skin. She's disheveled. Her clothes are torn from running through the woods, and she has bruises all over her face and body. Uh, she's like, I, I, I don't know. Um, where am I? I will go towards her 
without saying anything and like try to cover her with like my jacket. Okay. She accepts it. Thank you. Can I come in, please? It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm Jim and I lead her uh, towards the motor coach. Thank you. It's really cold outside. Yeah. Did she give her name? No, she did not. Uh, I, I'm Eliza. What's your name? Uh, oh, um, Amelia. Amelia Webb. Okay, nice to meet you. I wish it wasn't under this circumstance, but... <laughs> right. Um, I don't know where to... I don't know where to go. I, I honestly don't know where I came from, either. Um, could we, like, drive around, try to jog her memory, or...? I don't know if that's the best idea right now for her. Um, the driver perks up. He's like, well, I've driven down this road a lot. I know there's a uh, there's a gas station a couple miles down the road. We'll drop you off there at the gas station and then try to call the authorities and see what they can do for you. Yeah. That sounds good. More safe. <laughs> okay. And uh, he puts the car in drive. And the car kind of sputters forward for a minute. And he's like, oh, come on, don't do this to me now. And then the engine kicks in again. And then you continue forward. I would like both of you as you as the coach continues to make a hard spot hidden roll for me. Oh, all right. My heart. Oh, OK, that should be good. Uh, not great, but good. <gasps> Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> what? I, I, I beat an extreme. Uh, if that works. Okay. I got a five. Wow. <laughs> Woo, starting off <laughs> I got a 61 over 12. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Eliza, you're looking at the scenery as you continue forward, and you see what looks like a strange light just moving through the woods. You can't make out what it is. There's just this pale light in the very edge of your vision um, that one could easily mistake for as a flash of lightning. But yeah, that's what you that's what you pick up. That's weird. Uh, Jim, did you see that? Uh, see what? There was a... I don't, it was a weird light I saw. It was pretty quick, though. Uh, no. I've just been helping this ma'am here. Didn't see a thing. Okay. And then I j- I'll just go back to helping her. I'm just going to try to see if I can find that light again. <laughs> okay. Despite your best attempts, you cannot see the light again. It seems that once you looked away, it vanished. All right. Hmm. you're uh, left alone with your thoughts for a minute and um, you are violently brought back into reality as the driver slams on the brakes and swerves once more as there is a car in the middle of the road empty and not running you're also right next to a gas station the driver curses and then pulls up into the station itself where the car sputters and then dies um, just as the driver pulls into the station itself. Ah, shit. Damn storm. What happened out there? It's fucking cars in the middle of the goddamn road. 
Is it still there? Yeah, you can take a look. And sure enough, the car is still there. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go check it out. Oh, like the headlights on is. Uh, the car appears to be a four wheeled flatbed cattle truck. Um, it's skewed across the road and you can clearly see that it skidded to a halt in the mud. It appears to be abandoned. The driver's door is left open and yeah. Hmm. And there's so the driver presumably left. Mm hmm. Is, can I like go, go in the glove box, see if there's any like identification in there? Um, you find a couple papers. Um, do you have a flashlight with you? I think I do, actually. Um, I don't know if it's on my actual sheet, but I think we talked about it and I just never wrote it down. OK, so well, given your profession, I'll say you'd have one. Yeah, there, there are a couple papers. They seem to be like oil change receipts or transactions, um, and there's multiple names on it. But unfortunately, the signature is only like XXXX. Clearly someone who does not have a uh, good education. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and that, that's it. Like, is there just those papers in the glove box, nothing else, like a gun or anything like that? Correct. Okay. And I guess I'll go back. Mm -hmm. The driver isn't, um, as you were walking back, he's stepping out of the coach and he's like, well, listen, I... Uh, Engine stalled, so I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Yeah, my guess it probably flooded from all the rain. Not much I can do about it now while it's uh, raining hotter than Niagara Falls on a Tuesday. <laughs> so if you guys wanna, might wanna step inside the gas station for a minute while I get this sorted out. All right, I'll also say as I'm going in, uh, if you need any help, just let me know. I know my way around an engine. I'll keep that in mind. And uh, you, as you guys step out of the vehicle, can see that uh, there's lights above a single pump and there are lights coming from a cafe that burn brightly through the rain. Um, the only sign that anything is amiss is that car that you passed. There is a single two-seater Ford Roadster parked in front of the cafe and an older Packard larged um, over by a uh, second building. And you guys can see figures moving inside the cafe, but anything else by the gas station is just deserted. Yeah. Is that gas station open? Yeah, yeah there, there's lights on in the cafe. In the cafe, but not the gas station? Oh, uh, you can go check. I want to go check because I want to see if the guy inside, if there is one, saw what happened with the car. Okay. Okay, I'm going. I'm going with them. Gotcha. Are you taking Amelia with you? Um. Hmm. Should we? Should we take her to the cafe first? Or yes, we should do that. That's that's much better. Instead of hey, this other traumatic thing. What do you know about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we should do that and calm her down. Get her some food. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, you guys make your way across the rain-slicked driveway, and the door to the diner opens with a ding, and you can already see there are three people at the counter, seemingly in a heated conversation. One is a portly man with a very broom-like mustache. He's balding with a very bad comb-over. And the, uh, next to him is a very um, young, attractive woman with blonde hair and blue eyes. 
and they're both talking to a very large man with uh, a heavy beard and heavy set shoulders. Uh, you can hear the large man say something along the lines of, I'm telling you what I saw, and what I saw ain't nothing natural. It was like a, it was a light, but it seemed like it knew things, like, like it was living, but ain't nothing I know like that. Now don't you laugh at me, Sam. I walk over. Uh, did you say something about a light? The three of them notice you. The larger man sitting at the counter turns around. He's got this pinkish face that seems older than older than he should be. He's like, you say something, ma'am? Yeah. Um, you're talking about a light just now. Was it like really out of place? Kind of went in a flash. Oh, it's, this was no natural light, ma'am. It was this orb of, I don't even know what you call it. And um, the portly man's like, now, now don't, don't listen to him. He's clearly been on some of his own supply, if you catch what I'm saying. And the bearded man turns around, will you shut the fuck up, Sam? Smell my breath and tell me if I'm on hooch. Dang. <laughs> and um, the uh, portly man puts his hands up and just kind of walks away. So you saw that light too now, did you? Um, I saw a light. I'm not sure if it's the same thing that you're talking about, but I am curious. Damn thing ran me off the road. Barely got in here with my life. Oh, well, I'm glad you're okay. I I went to get a seat with this lady here that we're helping. Okay. I would like both of you to make a quick psychology roll for me. Psychology, you say? A normal one? Yes, a normal psychology roll. Thank you. <laughs> I got a 38 over 10. Oof. Ooh, I yeah. barely got it. Uh, 24 over 20, uh, 24 under 25. Okay. So as you are talking with this man, you glance over at the young woman and she's eyeing your group. And as soon as she looks at Amelia, recognition, fear, and panic set in her eyes, but then quickly go away. I will remember that. So, James, you go find a seat with Amelia, and seated at one of the tables in the diner is an old couple together. They look up at you, and the man's like, get caught in this weather as well, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like we were in the wrong place at the wrong time, weren't we, Winnie? And um, the old lady turns to her husband and uh, says, Well, God's hand is in everything. Perhaps this will turn out to be the right place at the right time. Right as always, Winnie. And they, oh. they kind of go back to their own conversation as you guys sit down. Okay, that just feels bad. <laughs> this just feels bad. <laughs> I'm getting scared now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so you take your seat. Amelia still is rather taciturn, just kind of uh, pulling the jacket closer, trying to get warmed up a little bit. And she seems to be deeply affected by something. Gotcha. Anything you want to do for the moment before I move on a little bit? Um, I'm probably going to start reading the paper if there's one next to the table. Okay. 
Eliza, were you joining him or are you going to continue your conversation with the uh, with the man? Um, I, I think I'm going to go talk to the, the blonde woman you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to her. Okay. Uh, she looks at you. What can I do for you? Um, oh, hi, I'm Eliza. Uh, she has a there's a she has a nameplate that says Mary. Name's Mary. Nice to meet you, Mary. Um, do you do you know anything about her? About who? Um, the girl sitting over by that gentleman, and I point. Uh, no, I can't say I have. Uh, I am studying her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and make a psychology roll for me. Another one. Yes. Uh, that's a good old no on my part. Uh, I'll, okay, I'll give you a bonus die on this just because you caught that initially. Okay. Well, that was four less, so that's still a no. You think maybe you, like, mistook it. I mean, she looks... Amelia looks rough, so... Gotcha. Yeah, we found her uh, while we were trying to get to our destinations, and she seemed really messed up, so we're trying to figure out how to help. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Yeah. Thank you. I I walk over to to Jim and Amelia. Mm-hmm. And actually, at this point, the portly man looks over and walks out from behind the counter and approaches your table. And uh, he has like a concerned look on his face. And he's like, Amelia, what happened? Are you, are you OK? What's going on? She looks at him kind of confused and. I, Sam, I don't know. They they found me in the road, and I, I honestly don't know what's going on. Kind of scared. Hi, yeah, we're we're just trying to help her like get some food in her. That's why we brought her here. So you two know each other? Yeah, uh, she comes down here a lot. She she lives with her grandfather not too far up the road. Uh, is is your grandfather okay? Is Doctor Webb doing all right? She squints and's like, I, I don't know. I can't remember anything for the past four or five hours. I hope he's okay. I mean, the storm's getting really bad. Uh, he's like, well, I'm afraid I can't really help you much. The storm's knocked out all the telephone and telegraph wires. There's not really a way we can call for like the uh, police or an ambulance or something. So uh, I'm sorry. You know what? Let me go get you guys some coffee. It's going to be on the house. And then he walks off. Um, Amelia, what is the last thing you remember? I... I was reading a book in my house. Uh, My grandfather and I had just finished up lunch. Uh, was anything different about your day than a normal day? Not that I can remember. Everything was... Everything was how it usually is. I don't live much of an exciting lifestyle to be honest how old is she do we know she appears to be in her early 20s okay do you do you think we should go look for him like uh, go towards his house if we can or is it too far uh no no it's it's not too far from here it's probably about a 10 minute drive or a 30 minute walk given the rain all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up from the table. I'm gonna say, 
you guys should order and get some food before we leave. And I'm going to go check with the driver. I'm going to go check with him to see if the car is functioning again. Okay. Uh, you step outside. The rain seems to have let up slightly. You find the driver. He's pulled the car under one of the sheds. He's got the engine open and he's kind of fiddling with things. I would like you to make a spot hidden roll for me. Oh, 54 under 60. Okay. And as you're approaching from the corner of eye, you see a flash of light coming off in the woods, but it seems very distant. I will remember that. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing Telltale 101. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'll kind of like tilt my head and be like, okay, I understand what this is. And then keep going to uh, the, the car. Okay. So uh, you approach the driver notices you. Was, oh, uh, hey, you are coming back to lend me a hand, right? Yes. I was also checking <laughs> to see if you did it, but that answers my question. <laughs> no, I just I thought the engine was flooded, but maybe it's something else. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to give it a look. OK, uh, make a mechanical repair roll. Forty five under 70. Mm, OK, wow. Um. No, I'm not a car guy. (laughs) (laughs) Neither am I. (laughs) Neither am I. As uh, far as you can tell, it looks like something really damaged the engine. Does it look electrical? No. uh, As far as you can tell, it looks like like the amount of water did something to the engine that's caused it to stop working. Okay. I think that's like a choke thing. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I will. Is there... Do I know if there's a way to easily fix it here or if I need a part or? Uh, make a luck roll. Because I don't <laughs> don't know cars. Luck. We're not in our domain. That's 43 over 30. Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay. So 30 is your luck? Yes. Okay. So it looks like you'll probably need a part. As far as you can tell, mm. do I have do I do, do I know like what like shingamabob I need to buy from the gas station or? I'll say yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes, <laughs> I, I will go in there with that wad of cash Clovis gave me, and I will buy the part, whatever it is. <laughs> so, as you are heading back to the gas station, you are suddenly aware of screaming coming from the woods. Oh, okay. (laughs) It is panicked and fearful. You watch as a very large young man bursts out of the the brush with a wild look in his face, um, locks eyes with you. He's like, get inside now. Get inside. I I book it, dude. I book (laughs) it. I'm scared. (laughs) I book it. This. I don't like this. And he, he falls in soon after you, slams the door shut and starts pulling bar stools and whatever he can and blocking in the front of the door. Sam's like, what the hell are you doing? What's going on? He's like, no, you got to believe me. There's something out there. There's a light that kills. It's coming for us. Okay. And as he says that, you guys see that pale light in the distance come closer. And he also watches the poor driver starts making his way towards the uh, the cafe 
not noticing this light. I, oh, I'm, I'm scared. So I wouldn't like open the door and be like, hey, there's a light or, you know, be like mm-hmm. run. But hmm. and then the light comes closer into view and you can see this large glowing orb of this cold white light. It seems to float ephemerally and wisp-like through the air. And then it speeds forward and seems to enter into the driver's body. And he starts screaming and he's clutching his head, runs forward and slams against the glass. And he screams, help me, please. You watch as his face and body starts to melt as this white light erupts from his face and eyes as his skin disintegrates and black veins bulge across his neck and face. I would like both of you to make a sanity roll for me. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, I want to be honest. Not not how I pictured my Sunday night going. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm okay. I got a, I got a 94 over 50. Oh my god. <sighs> No, Glory. Yeah, 21 under 70. Okay. Um, what, what, what bad happens? <laughs> <laughs> no, not already. <laughs> okay, so you only lose four. Oh, okay, that's way, way better than I thought. Um, and Eliza, you only lose one. Dope. Uh, however, I do get to take an involuntary action for James. And uh, you're going to stumble backwards and fall kind of head over heels over one of the tables. You're going to take one point of damage just from like, just kind of knocking around for a second. Okay. So everyone in the diner is panicking. The large bearded man uh, hops over the counter and cowers behind the bar. The portly gentleman you've come to know as Sam drops the coffee mugs as they shatter on the ground and he covers his eyes and runs away. Uh, Mary shrieks and poor old man clutches his chest and falls over having a heart attack bro oh my god shit hit the fan like immediately (laughs) like (laughs) oh no and um finally the screaming from your driver stops as nothing is left but a pile of ash as this orb rises up out of it uh And there's something about it. There seems to be an intelligence to it. It seems to know you're in there. And it starts moving like it's trying to get in. But you guys are all blinded as a bright flash of lightning strikes the ground right next to the gas station. And you're deafened briefly. And when your senses come back, the light is gone. Well, holy shit. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. Oh, oh, oh. How do I proceed? <laughs> um, is this normal? Uh, that it goes from like 0 to 100? Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. Okay. I feel like this happens every time. <laughs> um, hmm. The old woman's like, "Help me, I think he's having a heart attack." Uh, I have some medical training i can go help okay uh make a first aid roll all right oh 
god! Yay! I got a one! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Woo! You're going to live! I don't know what the, uh... No, oh! Oh! Okay! Oh. Um... <laughs> oh. There was no treatment for heart attacks in this time. Um... So, I, I imagine you kind of do a bit like a shock treatment, so to speak. You sure. like do like move his body around and stuff like that. Um, but surprisingly, I'll give it to you because you got a one. Eventually, the episode ends and his breathing resumes. Um, he just kind of blacks out for a second, but he's still alive. Okay, he's breathing now. He's good. I think. Oh, holy shit. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Was that the devil? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I have no clue what that was, and that was terrifying. Okay, we need a plan. The bearded man pops up from behind the counter, and he's like, Now see, didn't I warn you? Didn't I warn you that thing was out there? Yeah. Um, and you are absolutely right. <sighs> and now the question is, what do we do about it? Being right doesn't help that much. I ask him, like, hey, when when did you see it earlier today? At what time? It wasn't much earlier than when you guys showed up. Maybe a couple minutes before you guys arrived. Oh, that... Uh... And, uh, bracing himself against the, uh, barricade is the young man who you saw running out of the forest. He's got his head in his lap and rocking back and forth. And he's like, no, please, no, he's not going to get me. He's not going to get me. I'm okay. Oh, God. Um, this guy's not sane. How much does his face look like Amelia's? Not a lot. Uh, I mean, like in shock or... Uh, right, right. Amelia looks beaten up. He looks terrified. Okay. okay, so he's worse. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure how to proceed, because proceeding means I'll get scared again. <laughs> wow, what a mood. <laughs> okay. Can we even trust these people? Like, <laughs> You guys don't need to make a psychology roll for this, but... Seeing this, uh, this young man, Amelia, something kind of clicks in her eyes and she like stands up very quickly. She's like, oh God, we need to go check on my grandfather. I, I can't remember why, but something I, we need to go check on him. I think he's in danger. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jim's about to lay down the law. <laughs> How do you propose we get there? with that thing out there. I I don't know. But if that thing is out there, then my grandfather's in danger. Please, please. Yeah, but if it gets us, then we won't have the chance to tell your grandfather. Right. The car is currently not working at all, uh, and the gas station was closed. So we can't fix it. So we'd have to walk, and you said it was 10 minutes driving. That's a lot of time walking with this out there. I know, but you're right. You're right. 
This isn't a great situation. I'm so sorry. And uh, she kind of slumps back down a little despondent. Mm. Why do we need to get your, to your grandfather now that this thing's out there? Are you just worried about his safety or? Yes, and I, something about this, this man, I, I can't remember what, but I know something bad happened and I, I don't know what. Okay. Something bad happened. Well, at least it's a little bit more insight on what happened. It's not a lot, but it's something to go off of. Um, so you don't remember that guy or you do? Vaguely. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Should we, should we go? Like, I mean, do we have any leads here? Oh, you can ask around. I want to I want to question that one guy more that that like saw it when before he got here. Like, what did he see exactly? OK, he's made his way out from behind the counter, um, but you do notice that he is carrying a handgun now and is looking very looking around very nervously. OK, I'm not going to say anything about the gun. I'm just going to question him about like what he knows, what he saw exactly. Uh, before we got here. I saw exactly that. That pale white orb of dead light. That's all I saw. And it's coming back to kill me, ain't it? Oh, man. I do not want to make this guy feel better, but I feel like I have to. I'm going to pat him on the back and say they're there because that's all I can muster right now. <laughs> I'm also scared. Like, I don't know. No, you're totally fine. <laughs> it's totally understandable. <laughs> He gives you a weird look and kind of jerks his shoulder away. Fuck you on about, boy. Oh, yeah, this is the 20s. Well, yeah, I guess I probably should have done that. I'll just walk away. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> <most> awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm totally sorry. Fine. It's really funny. <laughs> well, I'll let Brittany take it over from here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Eliza, you uh, approach the man, and um, he's just still huddled in the fetal position, just rocking back and forth. He's coming to get me. Oh, God, it's coming to get me. The light, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Oh, I'm so scared. Please, it's coming to get me. Uh, um, I'm going to reach for his hand, and if he freaks out, I will pull my hand away as quickly as possible. But I want to try to calm him. He freaks out. Okay, well, then I I step. Um, can you tell me... I know I know everything's really frantic right now. Can you tell me everything you remember about what you saw in those woods? I was out doing something, and it just appeared. Oh, God, Clem. Oh, Clem. Uh, who's Clem? Clem's dead. Oh, God. Make a quick spot hidden roll for me, Brittany. Uh, hidden. Uh, hidden. That's 18 under 40. As soon as he says Clem's dead, you can see Mary out of the corner of your eye. Like, her head shoots up and her eyes go wide for a second. A hand goes to her mouth and then she quickly regains composure and continues her work. Clem was there with me and, oh God, I got him. Uh. What happened to him? The light. The light got him. 
similarly to what happened out just out there right now? Yeah. And he starts sobbing. Ugh, oh. uh, the situation's terrible. <laughs> um, get something to drink. Try to calm yourself down. I'm, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. He just turns away and goes back to his rocking. Okay, I'm gonna go over to Mary. Is that what you said her name was? Yeah, Mary. She looks up to you. Yes. Did you know Clem? I don't know who you're talking about. Hmm. Mary, work with me here, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sam, the portly man, turns to her and he's like, What are you talking about, Mary? He's your boyfriend. She kind of gives him a look. Oh, you meant that, Clem. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Well, as as much as I don't want to barge in on people's lives right now, it's kind of hard not to with all this happening. I, I'm trying to figure out some kind of link as to what's going on. I don't know where to go from here. Um... Yeah, I think we need to go to the the house. I I think we have to. Yeah, but how? (laughs) You know, that one truck, is that the guy that got ran ran off? Or is that just the truck is just, we don't know who that is. Yeah, that's the guy that got ran off. Could we ask him to use his truck? (laughs) Sure. Uh, hey there, big, big guy. (laughs) Well, you won't, boy. Uh, would you mind if we used your truck so we could, like, get this young lady home? Hell no. <laughs> Can make a uh, persuasion or charm roll. Charm the man. Or fast talk. Fast talk. Yeah, we'll go fast talk. That's probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did it. Eight under 20. Oh, oh shit. Clark. Oh, wow. Oof. In the interest of time, we'll, uh, you spout something at him, and he's like, all right, uh, sure, I guess you can borrow the car. He reluctantly hands you the keys to the truck. I tell him thanks, and we should make a run for the truck. <laughs> well, are you going to tell me what's going on, or are you just going to... Oh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to get you guys, and then <laughs> we should go. Like, we need to make a run. Mm-hmm. Amelia stands up and looks at you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't thank me. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm just like, hey, we need this. Should we do this all at once or should we do this stealthily? Um, because it's a decent way. Yeah. I don't know how stealthy we can be, but that doesn't seem like a bad idea. All right. Jim's going to be courageous, I guess. And, uh, go outside in like a crouch right Uh, you push aside the makeshift barricade and um, with yourself being a little low to the ground make your way across the lot it's actually not that far away if you look at the map yeah I guess it really isn't yeah better safe than sorry as far as you can tell uh, the light is not here okay I'm gonna go to the driver's side unlock it and get in Alright. Well, the driver's side door was open. Oh, okay. But it, it is soaking wet at the moment. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna deal with it. There's not, I like, can't really do much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll turn it on. 
and then I will motion to them to like run. Okay. The engine sputters for a second and it doesn't go on and you try it again and it doesn't go on and finally on the third time the engine sputters and roars to life. Okay. Uh, I usher her out and I'm running behind her. Okay. Yeah, the two of you quickly make your way across the yard and enter into the car and uh, you close the door. All right. Okay. We're this far. Lead the way. <laughs> if you go down the road, you'll find a junction on the right. It's going to be up that hill. Alright, I'll shift it in gear and head off. Okay. And as you start to oh, no. turn the car around, you start seeing a commotion inside the diner and you see as a pale white light starts to move across the glass on the inside. Oh, why? Oh, we're booking it. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. I'm sorry, people. We are sorry, but yeah, we can't help. <laughs> go. We gotta go. I'm, I'm booking it. Yeah, uh, lead foot all the way. Like, all right, you put the pedal to the metal and you drive off. Um, I don't like this. This. Uh... I'm keeping my I'm, I'm staying on lookout and I'm keeping my hand near my gun. <laughs> oh. So basically all those people died. Well, we don't know that yet. And I, I hope that's not the case. But <laughs> we now know that walls mean nothing to this light. So unfortunately, because of the weather, it is a very difficult drive. So I need to ask for a hard drive auto roll. Uh, where is that? <sighs> yeah, I don't have any modifiers or anything. So that's just 20 percent. 24 over. No, oh, you're so close. So you can spend 14 luck to turn it into a success. 14 luck. Wow. Because it's a hard roll, so it's going to be half that number. So you'd have to get a 10. Or you can try to push. Okay. I oh, I know how to operate heavy machinery. Could I push? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is, is that a valid reason? Like, I mean, hey. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's a 79 over 20. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, no. You should use luck. Well, hey, we're going to see what happens. You go a good five minutes or so. You, you can start seeing the turn in your headlights when, once again, the engine starts sputtering and uh, starts to take on water. You're going up a hill and you start to stall. And so you push harder on the gas and uh, grit your teeth. But you are allowed pop as the engine compartment kind of bursts open as smoke starts pouring out. The car just stops where it is and seizes. How many minutes were we on the road? Like five? Yep. So you are just about at the turn for the cottage. Okay. You mean like the fork in the, not the fork in the road. Well, yeah, fork in the road, like the yeah, junction. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, That's also just a naturally shitty turn. Who, who built this? Some engineer. Well, the best thing we can do right now is book it if we can't get this car started again. I'm going to be honest. The thing is, though, do we book it through the woods or do we book it on the road? Um, um, <laughs> I look at I look at Amelia and I'm like, do you know any like trails around here that we can get through these woods as fast as we can? Yes, but 
with all the rain and the, and the darkness, I don't know if I could find the trails normally. These are these are dense woods. I guess we're gonna brave the storm. We have to. Yeah, I'm just gonna go on the road. Okay. Now I'm holding my gun. <laughs> you guys quickly uh, disembark from the car and start. I imagine you're booking it, right? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, pedal to the metal. I, I mean, two of two. I mean, yeah, man. The thing is, it's such a far. I don't want to like get winded, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 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 we could go in like little sprints, I guess. I mean, how about like a nice jog? You guys go at a at a, at a brisk pace. There yeah. We go. <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, I'm just thinking like conserving energy in case something no. happens. You're totally fine. Logically, I'm. that makes a lot of sense. I would like you guys both to make a constitution roll for me. Oh, boy. Like, but what if I don't? Then you die. Well, oh. shit, Jacob, that's not a really good option for me. <laughs> that's 93 over 60. No, Clark. I don't roll well. It, it must be, dude, it's this online D100 roller, I swear. Yeah, I don't trust those. Oh, I got a 30 under 60. Okay, so you guys all start booking it or going along at a very brisk pace. James, because you've already been outside a couple times and you gave your coat to Amelia, you get real chilled yeah. um, to the bone and you start shivering as you guys run. Um, surprisingly, though, Eliza, even though you're not dressed for this weather, since you haven't been outside as much, you managed to uh, grit your teeth through the elements and you are all right for the moment. Running on adrenaline, baby. <laughs> Adrenaline's one hell of a drug. And you guys book your way up this hill. There are a couple trees felled in the road that you pass by. That makes you realize that even if you were to get the car over here, you'd still have to contend with these trees. Um, a couple of these trees, the bark seems to be strangely scarred as if burnt or electrified by a very acute source. Well, that's probably the light. Yeah. And eventually you arrive at the cottage. And a quick look around shows there is no light in the distance. It seems to not be following you at the moment. You find yourself looking at a single-storied colonial-era cottage with a barn behind it. All the windows are dark. There does not appear to be any light coming from the inside. The front door is banging open and shut in the wind and rain. As you get closer, there uh, looks as though someone has slipped and fallen in front of the door, and it is dark and quiet. Uh, and Clark, I would like you to make another constitution roll for me. Okay. Um, please be better. Oh, guess what? Aww. It's 90 over 60. It was better, you said. <laughs> you can push. God, I mean, I what's my justification? Like, I, I already failed once. I'm already shivering. Trying to heat yourself up now? I'm running faster. Yeah, I'm running faster to heat myself up. Uh, yeah. yeah. 82. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to die. So you're like full on chilled to the bone. So you unfortunately will suffer a penalty die for any physical rolls you have to make until you can either warm yourself or get into fresh clothes. Okay. 
But we see that the guy's outside of the house. No, there's no guy outside that. You, you can see that the marks in the mud appear that someone has slipped. Oh. oh. Okay. So it could have been, like, Amelia's or anybody's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, we should probably get in the house, then. Yeah, let's go. So you enter into the main room and immediately see a bit of a grisly sight. Oh, no. This appears to be the site of a violent altercation. There is an old man lying on the ground next to the fireplace, a large wound in his shoulder. His chest and right side is covered in blood. And on the ground, there is another man whose remains are strange and horrific. He appears to be in his early 20s, but his features are contorted in agony and almost unrecognizable. His jawbone and many of his joints have been self-dislocated, and he lies like a discarded, broken marionette on the floor. The lower half of his body has been reduced to ashes as if some intense heat had burned him from the ground up. The remains of his upper body, his skin is blood-blotched and blackened as if his veins had exploded within him, and his eyes are a red-black mass of hemorrhage. I would like a sanity roll from both of you. A 1546. That was good. Okay. Sanity. I'm good on sanity. That's another 18. Under okay. 69. <laughs> Man, Eliza just trucks through these sanity rolls. I'm, I'm sane, all right? It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, so you both only lose one. Okay. Uh, and after that shocking revelation, you kind of pick up a few more things on the ground. There is a crude sack mask laying by the younger man's body, as well as a recently fired single-barreled sawed-off shotgun. Oh, it's oh, I don't even know, man. It looks so it's like a robbery. It's not like because the other the light killed by just deleting the body basically into ashes. Mm-hmm. This is not that. Yeah, it looks like. It looks like an altercation happened before, and then yeah. the light might have killed him afterwards. Or the light might have made him crazy and shoot the other dude. So That's true. That's true. Um, I'm going to... I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to ask, like, Amelia if this is her crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, we got to know, right? Like, I mean, can we look at her face and tell? <laughs> she already has tears in her eyes and oh. nods. Yeah, I kind of figured something was... Yeah, well, that, we, we... Damn. Hmm. Brittany, you got any ideas? Um... As... Uh, as... Fucked up as this is to say, uh, does this trigger any memories for you? No. No, it doesn't. What the... Um, I guess I'll check the younger man for identification. Okay. So as you uh, bend down to look at his pockets, uh, you notice something lying by the man's side that you didn't notice before. It is a overturned metal coffer, and it looks very out of place, both with the decor and the room. It's about 16 inches wide and 9 inches tall, uh, trough-shaped and featureless, and is mounted on small clawed metal feet. And um, there appears to be an odd-smelling wax seal around the edge of the lid. 
the inside appears to be lead-lined. Okay. Huh. But you were going to check the uh, man's pockets, though? Yeah, yeah, that is what I'm doing. Okay. You said the younger man's pockets? Yeah, because I don't want to... Yeah, granddaughter's here, yeah. (laughs) So you find two spare shells and a wallet that contains a single dollar, a gas coupon, and a small folded photograph of a woman you recognize as Mary. Whoa. I knew. I never trusted that bit. (laughs) Okay, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Okay. This is Clem? As far as you can tell. Oh, shit. This is getting weirder, and it's not helping my personal sanity, not my character's sanity. And so, because this is not in my character, but I know that Mary reacted strangely to um, seeing Amelia again. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. What were she and Clem doing? What the fuck, Mary? They were trying to kill both of them, it looks like, and get, like, some money or something? I don't know. That's just my first guess. <laughs> fuck, Jacob. <laughs> Is there, like, a note next to the uh, coffer? Or anything? No, there is not. I grab the coffer. Okay. It's uh, heavier than you're expecting. Mostly probably due to the lead lining. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Eliza. Mm-hmm. You get this distinct feeling of unease looking at the coffer for too long. Oh, Okay. And that Anise slowly turns into physical revulsion and nausea. I would like a sanity roll from you. All right. Fifty-five under sixty-eight. Okay. You only lose one. All right. <laughs> Where were you in Australia? Uh, not there, thank God. I'm back to where I was from the last campaign I was in. (laughs) Yikes. So what would you guys like to do? So that doesn't happen to me. Correct. Do I notice any of that? Like her being physically revolted or anything? Probably. Okay. Noted again. (laughs) Um, I guess I'm going to look around this like scene to see if there's any notes or anything like any anything like that okay uh make a spot hidden roll for me will do that there be 68 over 60 dang close i'm gonna you know what push i'm gonna push and say because i noticed her i'm on the awareness of like other things that could be going on around me Okay. Please, please, please. Nope, 92 over 60. Well, Aww. there you go. I'm, I don't know what it is. I changed programs, and it still is giving me bad rolls, so. Yeah, as, as far as you can tell, there's just not anything else of note in this room. <sighs> um, hey, uh, do you know where the his office is? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, down the hall first door on your right okay I will go there okay 
Eliza, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to try to... Uh, I mean, I know she's naturally calming down a little bit, outwardly anyway, but mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm going to talk to her. Amelia, do you know... What's up with Mary and Clem? Do you know anything about that? Um, I know they were seeing each other, but I... I, I I really wasn't friends with them or anything. I saw them occasionally. I don't think Mary liked me much. I don't know. Did you ever notice any hostility coming from Clem in the direction of your father or your grandfather? Or? No. Um. He's never been to this house before. I don't think he even has met my grandfather. This is all weird. I don't trust Mary, that's for sure. So, checking back in with James, you enter into the room. It appears to be, like I said, a personal study. It's mostly covered in old letters and records and books of medicine. There appears to be a, a bookshelf with a small library on the natural history of New England and a sizable collection of butterflies pinned out um, in glass fronted frames hung on the wall. There is a sturdy locked bureau at one end, but other than that, that is it. If you would like to make a locksmith or mechanical repair roll, if you would like to get into the bureau. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, that's a 59 under 70 mechanical repair. I imagine you've worked with um, simple machine. You've worked with simple machines before, and you. Oh yeah. Um, you know how to jiggle it just right to undo a latch, and you open it up. Uh, there's a couple items of interest in there. There appears to be about six hundred dollars in cash, an account book for the Arkham First National Bank, a pot of funny-smelling wax ointment, and a small black leather-bound journal hidden under piles of legal papers and professional certificates. Yeah, I want to grab the waxy stuff and then the the black journal. Okay. So you grab them. Yep. I open it up, read it. Okay. Uh, The journal does have Dr. Godfrey Webb on it. That's the name on the outside. A majority is left blank except for the innermost pages. These are the pages that jump out to you the most. I'm gonna, by the way, I'm gonna, like, go to the other two and then show, like, them as well. That way we can all read it together. Okay. Right now. So you enter back into the room. Actually, I imagine you guys probably moved out of the room with the dead people and at least into the hallway or something. If, Clark, would you mind reading it out loud? Oh, that's right. As in all things, safety first. Should the Sin Eater escape its confines, then the only way to recall it is to provide it with a suitably prepared patient, such that it becomes satiated and lethargic and willing to return to its coffer. Inscribe the spiral mark shown in blood, preferably the patient's, but not essential, on the patient's forehead. The patient does not need to be a child, but it must be human and naturally alive at the point of contact. 
Experiments with animals and corpses carried out by my antecedents were apparently most unsatisfactory. If the patient is conscious, then they will need to be suitably restrained. Once all preparations are complete, perform the uh, recitations as uh, phonetically transcribed below and permit the sin eater to perform its duties, after which it will return to its casket. Once it is within, close the lid and seal it immediately with a liberal application of the aromatic wax ointment. Some of these words are definitely 20s, at least in my opinion. Um, Brittany, would you mind reading the second page? (laughs) Uh, I'll try. The useful, if unorthodox, resident of the casket, our sin eater is, as far as I can ascertain, no creature currently known to science. Where it came from and when, I do not know, nor did my predecessor from whom I inherited it. Though it is undoubtedly many centuries old, if not more. Do, do you want me to finish, or <laughs> if you want to? I'm so bad at cursing. <laughs> I didn't mean to just throw it on you. I was just like, no, you're good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> its uses have been many over the years, although it has predominantly been employed to rid certain socially conscious families of unwanted offspring. Wow, that's messed up. But. Th- uh, they, the result of centuries of inbreeding, unfortunate accidents, or other unwholesome activities, the legality of the creature's use is debatable. Its efficacy is not, even in such cases where death by other means proved intractable. Uh, my conscience is this uh, matter, and that of those who came before me, it's clean for many of the, quote, children would never have survived regardless, given their deformities or other less obvious abnormalities. As for the rest, the Lord does not suffer such blasphemies to live. Wow, this is really messed up. <laughs> and then the final page. Eaw, eaw. Okay, I can't read this. I was going to say, maybe don't read that now. <laughs> oh, oh, that looks like a, a prayer or like a thing. <laughs> I'll read the next part then. I was taught the senator can be summoned and directed to seek out a person at some distance. If the correct phraseology is used, this being subtly different to the procedure previously noted, uh, requiring modification to the symbol pattern and phrasing. I detail this below, but warn. Yeah, the good information's not there. Okay. So somehow we have to trap this, quote, sin eater into this coffer through the blood of an innocent. That's what I'm getting from this. I mean, yeah, I think I got that much, too. This is a lot to handle. Yeah! Oh. All right. Um, what's the plan? That's a real good question, Clark. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, so we have to lure it, the light thingy, right? If we say this phrase, I think it will come to us. Mm. But what if I don't want it to come to us? Just like, let's run. Let's go. <laughs> Just get out of here. I mean, I know what car. Yeah, I well, there's a garage. But anyway, yeah. Oh, he might have a car. That's true. But that's the reward after all this, if we can do it. Um, Do you want to try saying it? Well, I just read, I just reread some older stuff. Mm-hmm. I think this thing is going to have to kill one of us to get back in its coffer. Oh, no. Oh, am I reading this wrong? The patient thing? 
No, you're not reading it wrong. No. Oh. No. <laughs> Shit. You uh, so you gain one point of Cthulhu Mythos and lose four sanity, James. All right, I'm down to forty-two. And then you said uh, Cthulhu Mythos is. Do I have to add that in? Yeah, just we'll just know that. Um, then uh, like the next time you should play, it'll be one higher. Okay, gotcha. So, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm pretty sure James is not, uh, an innocent. <laughs> Just saying. So, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, like, be like, hey, uh, I'm not choosing to be sacrificed. <laughs> um, well, I, I am not going to sit here and watch another person die again. I can't. So I, I will, I, I will throw my name into the ring. I, I'm not gonna let it kill one of you guys. I don't think we have a choice here. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I will throw myself. Wait, you're gonna wait, wait, wait. You mean you're sacrificing yourself? Yes, is what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> um, man. I mean, it's easier to just say something about it than just to sit here dwelling over it. That's true. Well, I guess we're going to need you to be restrained. Um, do we see like a chair? How's Amelia feeling about this? Yeah, battle? like, <laughs> how's she doing? Amelia is looking at you, jaw agape. She's like, what are you talking about? Are, are you sure about this? I, I am kind of shocked that you're willing to do this. Well, she's... Uh, you've already been through a lot. You've made it clear that there's not... It's not a choice for you, and even so, I wouldn't put, make you do that anyway. And I've already... I've lost two important people already. And, I mean, we saw the bus driver go, I can't. I, I don't want to see any more death. <laughs> Man. Tonight is a roller coaster. I'm gonna get the chair. All right. Okay. <laughs> you uh, enter into the the kitchen, and sure enough, there's a a simple wooden chair. I dejectedly grab it Aww. and I drag it into the room. Here you go. <laughs> okay. I really don't know how to do this. This is um. Mm. Yeah, and then I'm assuming there's like, I don't know, kitchen cloths, uh, rope somewhere. Yeah. Amelia just kind of walks out and just stands in the hallway despondently. Uh, You grab a few kitchen towels and wrap Eliza's arms to the backing of the chair and tie her feet to the legs. Um, This whole time I am trying to be as outwardly calm as possible. Okay. Okay. I guess I'm the only one that's going to carry this thing out, too. Uh, I, uh, did you want me to use your blood? Or, (laughs) yeah, I could get blood from the other room, but it says it's preferably the patients. So I'm asking. Well, then that's what we're going to do. I don't want, I I mean, if I'm going to die, I want it to work. Whatever's going to happen to work instead of it having a weird possibility of failing. Yeah, I'll, 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 grab a kitchen knife 
Oh, I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this. Okay, I'm gonna grab the kitchen knife. What do you mean, Clark? This is so fun. It's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna grab it. I'm. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna like do the. You know what? I'm gonna do this in solidarity. I'm gonna cut my own hand. Oh, oh, why? In solidarity. <laughs> no, because I like. I, I'm trying to like show like, hey, I'm sorry, and I'm trying to be like caring in a way like we're going through this together and then yeah. I'll cut your hand like kind of like the blood brothers thing except they're not gonna yeah. like touch her blood all right <laughs> but I do that and then I grab her blood with my finger and then make that shape with the square and the circle on her forehead okay and uh I recite the words with the coffer in hand why don't you go ahead and say them out loud for me oh boy I'm gonna do my best <clears throat> Ia Ia Haj Makish Mini Sak Mishif Kaishi Wenjin Nakan Wedij Ni Sej Nema. And as soon as you finish, there's almost a slight shock wave that echoes across the room and the hilltop. And nothing seems to happen for a minute. Real quick, uh, lose two magic points as you cast this spell. And then a few minutes go by and you can see light in the distance. And the light gets closer and closer to the cabin. I uh, get the coffer ready. And you watch as the light enters in through the open doorway. And without regard for anything... It enters in through Eliza's forehead. And Eliza, you feel agony. Total, pure, white-hot agony as this light pulses from within your body. Your eyes boil and your mouth and flesh begin to burn and turn to ash. And soon... There is nothing left of Eliza Thompson but a pile of white smoking ash. James, I need a sanity roll from you. Oh yeah, I was anticipating that. Yeah, that's that's a 54 over 42. That's going to be a massive hit. Tonight's not going well. You're going to lose eight sanity. All right, I am not doing well. And the light lethargically enters into the coffer and the lid seals itself. And then I do the wax thing. Mm-hmm. I want you to make an intelligence roll for me. That's a 35 below 70. The full gravity of the situation has hit you and you're going to go into a bout of madness. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. Yeah. Something about this feels good. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh no. God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. fuck, dude. From here on out, this thing is your responsibility. And this thing will get hungry. So you're the one who's got to feed it. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll put that in my character sheet. <laughs> Treasured <laughs> possessions. 
Amelia looks pale and gaunt and faints. And so here you stand alone. The pounding of the rain echoes the pounding of your heart as the realization of what you've done hits like a ton of bricks. You feel revulsion and terror, but most importantly, you feel excitement for your new task. And that is where our story comes to a close. sincerely thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. The Tales from the Orn Library will be returning in January, starting with a brand new actual play series, Dissociation. In the meantime, follow us on social media. We are Tales from the Orn Library official on Facebook, and at Orn Library Pod on Twitter. Additionally, you can visit our website at talesfromtheornlibrary.com, where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And until January, my friends, remember, the library is always open.